Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. Great to be back with you. It's so great to see you. We've it's had a, f- a few weeks off from yeah. the podcast, and we, we don't talk. No, it, we're just ships passing day and night. We make a bond, a, bl- a blood bond, to not communicate with each other unless it's on the podcast. Right, unless I've got a mic and headphones on, I, I can't talk to you. We do it for the brand. Welcome, everyone, to episode 85 Woo. of The Long Finish. It's episode 85. And we've been off for a few weeks, kind of getting our life in order. We'll talk about that. Catherine went on her trip to Chicago onto South Bend, left me with the kids. We all survived. We finished some school years. We're planning for some summers. I'm sure everyone out there who's listening is doing the same. So we wanted to have a little bit of a, uh, this will probably be our only podcast before the 4th of July and really before people go on kick off their vacation week. I'm hearing most people are going to be doing nothing the week of July 4th except vacationing. So we want to give you an American wine, a non-California, non-Oregon American wine to think about for this summer, this 4th of July celebration. So Catherine, what are we going to be drinking tonight? Super excited about this wine. This is the Austin Winery. This is the Aquapaza White Rapasso from the Texas High Plains. Yes, Texas High Plains. And it's vintage 2020. It's also kind of vintage 2020, 2021, which we'll get into in a second. But delicious orange wine from Texas. Super excited about this wine. I'm excited too, so we'll get into that in a moment. But Catherine... I said on the last episode that I went to Chicago for, by myself for four days to become whole as a human and as an adult person who's not just a parent. You went to Chicago and on to South Bend for a few days, left me with the kids. We survived. Only one day was really hard, which was Sunday, because there was no school to take them away. There was no nanny help. It was just me. <laughs> Oh, that's that a long day. It's <laughs> yeah. a long yeah. day. It's the only day I really, really cursed your name. <laughs> um, but you were all you were off becoming whole as an adult. Tell us about it. How was your trip? How was your return to South Bend? Let me tell you, it was as a graduate awesome. of Notre Dame. It was so good. Uh, yeah, I saw friends. I went to Chicago. I went to South Bend. I saw lots of friends and mostly we sat around and ate snacks and drank wine as friends are wont to do. But I went to a few reunion activities, which you are obligated to do at a reunion, mostly walked around campus at Notre Dame and then reconnected with old friends. And absolutely, I just feel rejuvenated. You know, I had a lot of friends that moved right before the pandemic during the early stages of lockdown and early stages of the pandemic. And so I have missed friends. It was so nice. Also nice just not to have the name mommy uttered every 10 seconds of your life. <laughs> here, here. 
daddy in my head. You just have like a breath, you know, to sit on a plane and casually read your book. Our, when we were going to Chicago, it took an hour, like taxiing from landing to get to where we were going to get off. I could care less, you know, <laughs> it didn't matter. No one's talking to me. I'm not changing a diaper. No one's crying. It was like, why well, could sit here all day? <laughs> So it was really lovely to see friends, to see old places that I've been to, that I've loved, to be alone. Yeah, I feel a lot more in myself. And we've agreed that this is important enough for us to do this once or twice a year. Yes, I think we each need to do it at least twice a year. So I'm up. When school's in session, though. Yeah, yeah, we all agreed that, except (laughs) she broke, we made her a pact to only do it during the week because the weekends are so hard. Catherine immediately broke that rule well, the very first time we put it together. You can't really control the the college you reunion you, dates. Listen, you're a power person at Notre Dame. You, oh, you are a please. huge hitter. So welcome back. And now we move right into graduations for kids from preschool. We have a kindergartner who's now going to first grade. So we have a first grader, another preschool kid, and a one-year-old who's now walking. And we are gearing up to take a trip to the East Coast for two weeks and I'm very scared. Again, I'm very scared about this trip. The plane ride is the most, this is the scariest portion uh, for us. So pray for us. T's and P's for the Coker family. Thoughts and prayers as we try to navigate a cross-country nonstop trip from California to D.C. for two weeks to be with my family. So uh, we will report on that when we come back in July. But just keep us in your T's and P's. Anything else going on? Well, I would say it is a rather special day well we are taping this on a special day known as father's day yes and i will say a happy father's day to Th- you thank you I hope officially all th- on thank air. you so much hope all the dads out there had a great father's day Catherine asked me what i wanted to do for my father's day and i said you know what i want to do a podcast where i talk about my kids i'm not <laughs> doing that enough <laughs> <laughs> you said nothing you said i don't want to do anything i don't i don't want to do anything on father's day i watched golf I drank a bottle of champagne before this, and now we're enjoying another bottle of wine. I took my kids, my six-year-old, my three-year-old golfing, which sounds amazing and, like, nostalgic, and, like, it's nostalgic for the future. Oh. It was so painful. There was a potty (laughs) accident on hole six. We were playing with two random guys who were, like, 23 years old. You were playing with other people? Yes, there were two two guys who were playing with us that were, like, drinking um, those sparkling beverages in a can. Oh boy! I forget what they're called, like, like Trulies, Trulies, and oh. whatever you know. And they're just enjoying themselves, and they're like not very good golfers, but they also certainly don't want to be around a three-year-old <laughs> who's having a potty accident, <laughs> and a six-year-old who did have a nice. You know, he's actually pretty good at the game. Meanwhile, I'm at home with the baby packing for yeah. our giant trip. The good news is, this is a public par three course, so it took forever. So like our slowness didn't keep anyone from having a great time. So. Oh my but goodness! I, but you know, I took a, uh, a an awesome picture of the two boys holding their golf bags, and that was just for posterity. As soon as we took that picture, they threw a fit. They did not want to hold the bags. I carried three bags. Of course, you did for nine holes. Yeah, a wet child. I changed his underpants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, help us! So now I'm enjoying a bottle of wine. I can't wait to have this wine <laughs> from Texas and just. Lean back and hear you teach me on a bottle of wine 
<laughs> Are you even going to be listening? No, no. Yeah, I'm not going to be listening. I'm drinking. <laughs> You're like, whatever excuse I need to just put my feet up. Yeah. Put my legs up. This is my up, father's day. It starts right said. now. And yeah. I just listen to you and I shut my, <laughs> close my eyes. So let's get into the wine. Let's talk about the wine. I'm really excited about it. I mean, I always like finding wines from different regions of the U.S., that are not regions that you and I have talked about on previous episodes of this podcast, which is California, Washington, Oregon, Virginia, New York. More and more states are coming out with wine and quality wine. So it's really cool to have Texas being represented on the podcast. So, Catherine, can you remind people what we're drinking? And let's learn a little bit about this wine tonight. Okay, we are drinking the Austin Winery Aquapaza White Rapasso. It is a blend of Malvasia Bianca, Albarino, and some Marsan skins from the Texas High Plains Vintage 2020. I am so excited about this wine. So kind of funny story, the person who represents this wine, we've been in touch little by little over email the last couple of years. I wasn't able to see him for a tasting his last visit, but he said, you know what, I'll just drop some bottles at Esther's and see what we think. And so I said, we'll drop them with our um, sommelier, Randall. Randall is our wonderful sommelier at Esther's. He's been at Esther's, gosh, now six years. He is got a fantastic palate, a fantastic view of wine and relaxed attitude about so many things. And he is just, I trust him. And so he tasted these wines and he's like, okay, we got to get this in immediately. These are awesome. This wine is from Texas. I'm like, really? He's like, it's really fantastic. So he started telling me about the winery. He had done a little research. He brought this wine in. He was so excited about it. He made a recommendation on it on our last newsletter for Father's Day. I'm like, well, Randall, uh, okay, I trust you. Let's try it. And then I was reading about the winery too, and tasting it tonight is like awesome. It's so exciting. I will say I've tasted a few other wines from Texas, and I always am excited to taste wines from other states. We've had wines from Missouri. We've had wines from Indiana, for sure, because lots of our family lives there. We've had wines from upstate New York from Virginia. We've had wines from Washington, Oregon, bajillion one California wines, Maryland, hmm. a few Texas wines, but nothing that was like, wow, I have to buy this. And this is like, wow, I have to buy this. It's so exciting. So it's an orange wine. This wine company, the Austin Winery, is an urban winery in Austin. Three young people that wanted to be the first people to fully, fully make wine in the city of Austin, which is fun. And they have a tasting room that's like buzzing, open six days a week, people coming in, drinking, enjoying it. They source all their fruit from vineyards that they really know, they really love, and they only work with vineyards that, you know, are farmed by people that they have really great partnerships with, small, family-owned. They want to work with vineyards that have a holistic view of farming, that are sustainable, regenerative in their practices, thinking about the full ecosystem, practicing organic. So that obviously made sense to me. 
but they also are all about experimentation. They're not like we're 100% a natural winery or we're traditional. They just want to make all kinds of wine. So they have some wine that's natural. They have some wine that's more traditional in its sense, but everything they do, they want to make it accessible to people for the palate, but also for the price to make it just like easy and approachable, which I love. I feel like that's such a great attitude, especially, you know, if you're a urban winery in Texas. So the only thing they own really are tanks and barrels in their warehouse in Austin, everything else they source, as I mentioned. And Texas is a really growing region. You know, it was actually the place of the very first vineyard in the United States, established by uh, American Franciscan priests in 1662. So they did it first, which is pretty cool. And then it, you know, developed more in the 1800s. And now it's over 4,000 acres, which is a pretty big deal. Not like California, you know, but it's really up and coming. The fact that it's made it to California now, it's like, people are doing something special. There's five regions within Texas. There's eight AVAs, American Viticultural Areas. This is from the High Plains, the Panhandle, where 80% of grapes come from. And it's a little bit higher elevation. It's very flat, long, hot, dry summers. So you think about what grapes grow there. And the thing about Texas, even though it's been around forever, even though grapes have been growing there for a long time, it doesn't necessarily have an identity. <laughs> because most, a lot of people have never had wine from Texas, unless you live there. Hopefully you've had it if you live there. But we don't really know what the identity is. So you think about that kind of terroir. I mean, the thing I think of is like what other regions are hot and dry and have cool nights Hmm, southern France, some places in Italy. So it makes sense that this is mostly Malvasia Bianca. Malvasia is a grape variety very known in Italy, a ton of clones and all over Italy, and it's a really aromatic grape variety. So it's in this glass, the first second you put your nose in it, it's like, woof, jumps out of the glass. It's enticing, it's floral, it's peachy, it's really draws you in. It's a great wine to have as an, as an orange wine because immediately you're rewarded the second you put your nose in there. Now, 15% of this is Albarino. It's not a grape I would think of for Texas. Albarino is native to Spain, Portugal region, Rias Baixas, a little cooler, you know, on the ocean, but... It works in this. It's just 15%. Now, what's cool is they picked the Malvasia Bianca and the Albarino in 2020. That's the harvest. Made a still wine. Then they let that re-ferment on the skins of Marsan. Okay, so in 2021, they took that still wine that they had made, added some grape skins of Marsan, which is a grape that's a white grape native to Southern France. 
let that re-ferment. So grape skins, they're already pressed, right? But there's still a little bit of something on there, a little bit of juice, a little bit of yeast. It can re-ferment a little bit and it's dry. So it gives it that color from steeping with the skin. So it's kind of this really pretty golden color, gives it extra depth. And technically, that's why this is called a white ripasso, because ripasso is like repassing over the skins. That's what that technique is. Now, it's not always the year after, but that's what these guys did. And that's what's so cool about this winery, about this, the Austin winery. These guys are doing things that they think is, that they think are fun, not just adhering to a wine style. Ross, Cooper, and Matt are having a lot of fun here. And the wine is delicious, am I right? Is that three people, Ross, Cooper, and Matt? Yeah, three dudes. Three guys, young guys, uh, and according to their website, they're young guys that are like every dollar they're making reinvesting into the next vintage, not like they're working on, you know, off of some big investor or something. Love it. Yeah, so it's it's really you know, something from the heart that they're working on. So the result is just an orange wine that's super aromatic, really refreshing. Again, I have no idea what the quote unquote, you know, style or tradition of Texas is, but this is delicious wine. And I like the story. I don't normally like aromatic wines, but I do often find myself liking Malvasia. I think of like Eastern... The east side of Italy and in Croatia, a lot of times for Malvasia. Any reason why I might respond more to Malvasia than Viognier or you know other wines that are more aromatic? Well, it is aromatic. It's dry, but Viognier can be dry too. I'm not sure. I feel like this has kind of, and some Malvasia can have a little bit of a bitter element on the palate, which sort of balances that bright floral and stone fruit nose. It has a nice contrast, but you're right. It's floral and it's dry, and I don't know why you're liking it, but I'm glad you are. No, it's delicious. And you said they source all the wa- the grapes. Grapes are all biodynamic. Anything more to know about the method in which they use to, uh, to, to produce the wine? Well, I don't know if they're biodynamic, but I do know that they're very conscious about who they're working with, that they want it to be sustainable, very thoughtful about their environment, regenerative, and that's all from their website. In terms of what they do, all the grapes are processed in Austin itself. So every they're going as much as they can to meet the farmers at harvest, to be harvesting either whole bunches or off the bunch, you know, de-stemmed, whatever it is, and then bringing everything to Austin. And their goal is to experiment, not for the sake of making something weird, but for the sake of curiosity and doing whatever it seems makes sense the most with those grapes. They want to have a nice big Cabernet for their wine club, you know, that they make in a quote unquote traditional sense. And then they want to have something fun like this that they can kind of play with these unusual grapes. The label is very cool. Something that you can really bring out of your fridge for a holiday, Definitely. 4th of July. Really fun label. Like all looks like it's handwritten and then it shows grapes on a vine. 
hanging, but it all looks like hand-drawn. And it actually has the kind of explanation of which grapes were grown when and then re-fermented with the skins. So you sort of get the whole story from the label, which is fun. It doesn't look like, oh, this is a wine from the Texas High Plains. No, people would just say, oh, let's buy this wine. Then, oh, huh, it's from Texas. You know, that's just sort of part of it. It's not like the story of this wine. What are we eating with this wine? I mean, really, seafood would be fabulous. You know, just sort of like grilled fish that's salted with charred lemon would be amazing. You could also do all kinds of salads. I think with Malvasia, because it is so floral on the nose and kind of fruity, it goes really well with vegetables that have that kind of like herbal and element. So great with salads or anything like grilled asparagus or grilled vegetables that kind of like can have a lift with those. You know, you're doing your crab dip. You're going to love that. Yeah. Any, oh, yeah. That would be delicious. Any kind of like, you know, salty seafood thing is going to be really good with this too. Where can people find this one? Now that is going to be tough. But on, if you go to the website of the Austin Winery, they have a little tab where you can pull down and see where you can buy this, which is so handy. That's very helpful. Yes. And it doesn't list esters on there yet because we just bought it like a week ago, but it should. And it lists other spots in California and other places where you can buy it. It says 170 cases produced on the back label, which is not a lot. Not too much. These guys started in 2014 in 2013, they made 600 cases. 2019, they made around 6,000 cases. So they are growing, but it's still really small, and they have fun experimenting. I think with so what you're all saying they, pr- of they produce a lot more wine than this, but but only 170 cases of this particular Correct. wine, which is not a lot. Right. So. That's cool. Go to the Austin Winery website. We'll put it on our podcast on our instagram at the long finish so you can find it this wine's awesome super fun great for the holiday break of july 4th if you're living in america or beyond try to find some great u.s wines that aren't attached to california oregon washington new york etc so orange wine from texas super hot right now orange wine so grab one all right now let's get to the last portion of the evening which is what has been inspiring us this week i'll go first Sadly, uh, the Celtics lost. My team, the Boston Celtics, lost to the Golden State Warriors. I brainwashed my six-year-old to be a Boston Celtics fan in L.A., which I'm sure will hurt him down the road. But um, they unfortunately lost in six games. But some good news on the Celtics' end via the Tonys. As a lot of you know who listened to the show a few years ago, I starred in a Broadway show where I played Larry Bird. My mom in the show was Deirdre O'Connell, one of the best actors in the world, best people in the world. She played multitude of characters in the show, but including Larry Bird's mom. Got to know her very closely. We saw her in a play called Dana H out here in LA in twenty nineteen. Fantastic. Fantastic really? play. Went on to Broadway and just a week or two ago during the Tonys, she won Best Actress in a play. Deirdre O'Connell, we call her DDOC. She won the Tony. Hero inspiration of mine just couldn't be a better person couldn't be a better actor incredible so that's the celtics win for this year 
kudos, and I'm just so happy for Dee Dee O'Connell. I watched it last week by myself, like late in the night, and I was screaming. I woke Catherine up. Yeah, he did. Because I was just so happy for my friend Dee Dee, who's not really. It's, I'm sure she probably was like, "This is not that big a deal to her." I mean, she's uh, hu- hugely proud of and and honored, but like, she doesn't do it for those sort of things. I've seen her in a bunch of plays since that, and she's just fantastic. So, congrats, DDOC, DD O'Connell. I'm being a Tony winner. Huge inspiration for the week for me, Catherine. What do you have? Well, believe it or not, we actually watched a TV show together, which I thought was really fun, called Severance on Apple TV. Very sort of thriller-esque workplace show starring Adam Scott. And I got into it. The end of the season was a cliffhanger. Anyway, if you want a good show, you need your next one, try Severance. Another friend of the podcast, Michael Chernus, an actor in New York, is in the show. He's amazing. That's right. Uh, he has hilarious. such a funny part. Yes. Uh, it's a great show. I really enjoyed it. I don't know if it's for my parents, but it's for a lot of people out there. If you like suspense and thrillers and trying to understand worlds, et cetera, et cetera. So check out Severance on Apple, streaming on Apple. All right, that's it. That's it for episode 85 of The Long Finish. Episode 85 is in the books. Thanks to everyone for continuing to listen to our show. We should have more episodes coming out in July. should have some guests coming on the show soon, so stay tuned for that. Catherine and I are getting our life in order for the next couple of weeks, but stay tuned to our Instagram for all the pictures we have coming out on the wines that we talk about this week. And uh, every episode that we've talked about in the past, all 85 bottles of wine, are on the, the Instagram, so go check that out and grab one to celebrate summer, celebrate vacation, celebrate the 4th of July. Catherine, what is the handle for Instagram, and where can they find you and The Long Finish on social media? Check it out at The Long Finish. Check out all those 85 bottles of wine and all the 85 episodes there. You can find me at Catherine Wild Coker on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. If you have a chance to rate, review, and subscribe to the show at wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, that would mean the world to us. Everyone have a great rest of June, early July. Have some fun celebrating with friends and family, and we will see you all here in a few weeks. Until then, have a great week. Be happy, be healthy, and happy drinking. Ciao.